2 Timothy chapter number 4, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, thank you for the song. We are blessed, aren't we? And uh, there's a lot sometimes that we think there is to complain about, uh, but you put it in the perspective of the, the blessings of God, uh, really that's, that's our focus tonight, and so that's a great reminder. I uh, just listened to the hymns uh, tonight, Trust and Obey. The Christian gets a hold of that right there. Uh, it takes a lot of the mystery out of the Christian life. Uh, and uh, I appreciate our music. And, did you enjoy the offertory? I looked up, and the camera is on, on, the, on the piano, and that's what showed the live stream. I looked up there, and I was like, wow, we're, we're really getting high tech. We, we have one of those automated piano players. I, <laughs> I couldn't see anybody. I couldn't see anybody on the piano bench, but uh, 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 I guess somebody was there. But... Uh, um, Great job on the offertory. I appreciate that. Well, we come down to the last week of ministry companions. And tonight, uh, we're going to look at uh, the finality of the Apostle Paul's letter. Uh, the last letter he wrote from prison, of course, to Timothy. And I trust that this uh, study has been a help and a blessing to you I know it has been a, pers- a great personal help to me. I believe it has, has helped me grow as a Christian, as a pastor. Uh, I trust it has been a help to you as well. And I don't want you to miss uh, the truths tonight uh, that I give you. Because it is the last uh, night, the last week, we're going to read uh, beginning with verse number 6. And we'll read all the way down through the end of the chapter. Through these weeks, uh, we've gone ver- you know, kind of verse by verse, by person by person. And so it's been a little while since where we were started out. And so I'm going to give it, we're starting from verse number 6. So we have the context and come to the end in verse 22. Let's begin reading verse 6. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Antichicus have I sent to Ephesus. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute Priscilla and Aquila in the household of Anesiphorus. Erastus abode at Corinth. But Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Eubulus greeteth thee. And Pudens, and Linus, and Claudia, and all of the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. As we come to the end of this letter, we 
have the context. He knows his life is getting ready to end. He knows he's at the end. And we have looked at all of these different characters and what they represented to Paul and how they teach us and instruct us. We come to verse number 22. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. The last thing the Apostle Paul writes, we find in verse number 22. The title tonight is the last word of the last verse of the last chapter of the book of 2 Timothy. Amen. That's the title of the study tonight. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that the Spirit of God would help us tonight. And Father, we need your word. We need what we're going to hear tonight. And Father, I pray that we'll be attentive, although this will be a uh, simple study in many respects. May we not lose the importance of it. And Father, as we come to the conclusion of this series, may we reflect back on all the different lessons uh, that you've taught us thus far. And may tonight uh, be an exclamation point that goes on the end of all those lessons. Bless your people tonight, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, I want to remind you as we come to the end of 2 Timothy chapter number 4, uh, the Apostle Paul, whom God used in a great and miraculous way. He is the pattern of so many different things as we look at his life and what he accomplished. But I want to remind you uh, that you know, we find him here at the end of his life. He's ready to go. He has not left anything undone. He's done what has been expected to him, and he's at this place in his life. I'm ready to see my Lord. I know there's a crown awaiting me. As we have mentioned and talked about, the, these he mentioned in his last letter were on his mind and for a certain reason. But I want to remind you that certainly we find the, the, the Apostle Paul, the seasoned Christian, this great man of God, ready to go and be with his Savior. I want to remind you of where we first find Paul. He was a lost man who was a killer of Christians. He was a destroyer of churches. That is how we first find him in Scripture. He hated Christianity. He hated Jesus. And his hatred was so great that he lived in the name of religion to persecute those who followed Christ. I remind you that he was there consenting to Stephen's death. And he was such an active participant, while he did not, do we know that we don't know that he threw a stone, he was willing to hold the coats of those who would stone Stephen. This isn't my Bible study tonight. Oh, we live in a day where we see so much evil take place in this world, and there are some who think that just because they don't participate in the stoning, but yet they just hold the coats, they're not accountable. I've got news for them they're still accountable. They can hold the coats politically. They can hold the coats spiritually, but they're still accountable to God. But this was Paul before he met Christ. Of course, we know that he met Christ and was wonderfully, miraculously, and gloriously saved. As a matter of fact, his conversion is perhaps the greatest conversion that we read of in Scripture. 
It was a marvelous thing. It is a reminder to us of what Christ can do in the life of any man. In 2 Timothy, as we see, he's writing he, in his first letter to Timothy, and now second letter to Timothy, uh, he is instructing his son in the faith. He comes down to his last words. He's given the instruction. He's even told Timothy, there's some things I'd like to have with me. I'd like to have my, 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 my cloak. I'd like to have my books. I'd like to have my parchments. And if you can get here by wintertime, I'd really appreciate that. But as it comes to the end of his writing, we don't find him speaking of himself. We find in verse number 22, this that Paul writes, The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. I want you to notice verse 22. But I also want to bring to your attention, this is not the only time and not the only way that Paul has spoken in this manner. In Philemon chapter 1, verse 25, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. In Philippians chapter number 4 and verse 23, Paul writes, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Galatians 6, 18, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. In his final words to Timothy, he separates these two thoughts. The grace, the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. I put a focus on this because this is Paul's confession of what he believed. And certainly as we study throughout all of the letters that God used him to write, we find great instruction for the Christian and for the church in the day we live in. But it could all be summarized in verse number 22 of the final chapter of the Apostle Paul's life. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. This was a confession of what Paul believed. Now tonight I've got three very simple points as we consider verse number 22. And we consider this great servant of God who served with all of these we've looked at several, uh, for several weeks now, and they accomplished much for the cause of Christ. But I want to say number one, as we look at Paul's confession, we see that Paul's confession is complete. Notice he says, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that is a term we see in Scripture more than just here. That is a term that we use about our Lord, about our Savior. But I want to remind you that every word is in the Bible on purpose. And when Paul was writing the Lord Jesus Christ, he was giving his complete confession. He was saying, Jesus is Lord. It is who He is. And he is the Christ. As he was preparing to meet the Lord, he was putting a focus on the Lord. I'm thankful that the Lord has shown us through this Bible study all that could get accomplished for the cause of Christ when, when people in the ministry work together for the cause. Isn't it amazing who God will use in ways that maybe we didn't think we could ever be used? 
or together. We're used in a way to do something for the cause of Christ. But when it's all said and done, yes, he has affection for Timothy, and yes, he has affection for these that he's written about. But when it comes down to the end, the last person on his mind was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he brings attention to the name of Jesus. Might I remind all of us tonight that just as Paul did, we should magnify the name of Jesus. I am proud to be a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I am proud to be able to pastor such a church that does so much for the cause of Christ. It is an honor for us to get to serve the Lord together. And as we have a great affection for one another, and we have a love for one another, and we have a desire to help one another, and together make a difference for the cause of Christ, let us never lose sight of the fact that it's the Lord Jesus Christ who it is all about. He was bringing significance. He was bringing focus to the name of Jesus. I remind you what Acts chapter 4, verse 10 through 12 says, Be it known unto you all, unto all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, does this man stand here before you whole? This is the stone which was set at naught of your builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I'm going to read some more scripture in just a moment, but I, I'm taking the time to do this tonight because there is a, there's a push, even in, I'll use the term religious circles, but even in some Baptist churches to do, de-emphasize the name of Christ, to de-emphasize his name. And friend, we live in a day where you cannot preach Christ without putting an emphasis on his name. And the Bible puts an emphasis on the name, and we are to put the emphasis on the name of Jesus. Romans 10, 9, That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 1 John four fifteen. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12, 2. John 14, verse 13 and 14. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. The emphasis is on the Lord Jesus Christ. The emphasis is on him. John 15, 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Colossians three seventeen. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. It's a reminder to us as we serve together in ministry, we should be doing all in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul mentions 
in verse 22, and he signs off, the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Uh, He was putting the emphasis on the name of Jesus. Why was Paul sitting in a prison cell? Because he preached the name of Jesus. Why was Paul, why did he endure beatings? Because he preached and stood for the name of Jesus. How many times do we study and read through the book of Acts, those those religious and those political uh, rulers would call him and say, don't you preach, they didn't say necessarily an A, B, or C, but don't you preach anymore in the name, that name, the name of Jesus. And friend, there is no new thing under the sun in a day that like today, we must preach the name of Jesus. We must stand on the name of Jesus. And friend, make no mistake about it. The name of Jesus is under attack in the day that we live. And if you stand for the name of Jesus, if a preacher preaches in the name of Jesus, it won't be long. Paul was reminding it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ and His name. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 38. 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. I want you to think about this for just a moment, and I'll get to point number two. All that Paul has instructed Timothy, not just in this end of the chapter with the companions, but beginning of chapter number four, he tells him of things that are going to come. But he says, preach the word, do the work of an evangelist. In 2 Timothy chapter number 3, which we spent a lot of time in when we we went through that series on last day's theology. In the last days, perilous times shall come. He identifies all of these things. And as you continue to go back through the book of 2 Timothy, he he calls on him to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He, he, He addresses the importance of doctrine. He gives instruction of, of receiving faithful so that one faithful man can pass to another faithful man. In the book of First Timothy, he speaks of the, uh, the order of the church and the qualifications of a pastor. And so much he gives him. But when it comes to the end, he reminds him of the name. He reminds him of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't want us to get so used to the name that we don't put the emphasis on the name that should be there. The name of Jesus is not a byword. It's not a curse word. It's not a word to be thrown around uh, loosely. It's the name above every other name. And as we serve through the church, as we serve with one another, let it always be... Because of the name of Jesus, let it always be about the name of Jesus. And may we always do it through the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is essential. Don't ever apologize for the name of Jesus. Don't ever apologize for being a being saved by the grace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We said, first of all, Paul's confession, found in chapter, verse 22, is complete. 
We say number two, Paul's confession is consuming. Paul goes beyond saying that we should have Christ in our minds and our hearts. Notice what he says, the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. He tells Timothy that he wants him to have the Lord Jesus Christ in his spirit. See, Paul was consumed by his Savior. Paul was not, oh, it's Saturday night at midnight, church is tomorrow, I need to, this is my day where I'm about Jesus. Paul was consumed with the Lord Jesus Christ. When the Holy Spirit of God used him to write the words, let this mind be in you, Paul lived to let Christ's mind be in him. He, lived, he was consumed with the Lord Jesus Christ. We touched on this when there was a parting with John Mark, and he didn't have time to waste because John Mark had turned back. Why? Because he was zealous. In the book of Acts, we find the phrase, hazarded their life for Christ. He was not about anything but the Lord Jesus Christ. He, would be, uh, he wouldn't fit in very well at the average church today, sad to say, because he wasn't just a Sunday Christian. He wasn't just a once-in-a-while Christian. Uh, he was consumed with the Lord Jesus Christ. He was consumed by his Savior. Jesus was prominent in Paul's life from the moment that he believed that Jesus was the Christ and accepted him as Savior. As zealous as he was in stopping the church, as zealous as he was in, in, in destroying the name of Jesus, once he was saved, he was just as zealous and even more so in preaching the name of Jesus and propagating the church. Would be to God today that we would have those serving in ministry. And let me remind us, we're all to be in ministry. We're all to have a part in the work of God. If we would be more zealous about the things of God than we are about anything else. Uh, I want you to do well in your job. And those of you that, that own businesses and you have the opportunity to advance, advance. But be that zealous when it comes to the things of God. What, that's what he's saying. I want him to be in your spirit. I want him to be everything about you. Boy, I know, I know it's a little different this year, and even in the South it's different this year with all the sports and football and everything. But when it comes to foot down football season, we say things like, boy, you, in that crowd, you could feel the spirit. They were consumed with one thing. They, were cons they had one mantra. They, they all sang the same song. They all cheered for the same thing. They all had invested the same way. Isn't that the way church ought to be? Church ought to be, hey, it's Sunday morning, it's the Lord's Day. What are we going to do today? We're going to sing about Jesus. And we're going to preach about Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus. He, it was in his spirit. It was what he did. That's what he's trying to impart in Timothy. He didn't just say the Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. That's a given. He said the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. It was Paul who said, let me say it like this. Jesus was not just a part of his life. The Lord Jesus Christ was his life. Paul, it was Paul who said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I wonder tonight, and these, this is gonna, these truths tonight at the end are powerful truths. 
I wonder who among us can say to live is Christ. Every decision I make, I want it to be as if Christ made it. See, the movement that came through and I guess is still around the what would Jesus do? Uh, I've always said he wouldn't pay $14.95 for a t-shirt that says that, but that's, that's a whole other point. Paul really lived by what would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? He's wanting to impart that. It consumed him. He, he is one all-consuming purpose for living was to proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ and honor him with his life. Paul likewise wants Timothy's spirit to be consumed by his Savior. I can't think of a greater thing for a preacher and his son in the faith, for a Christian and his son in the faith, to want him to have what he had. Not just, you say, well, I don't think Timothy wanted to be in a prison cell. See, we miss it today. We're not popular because we stand on this book. And I may preach on it Sunday night, and I alluded to it earlier about how you can see so many things taking place. The cause of Christ is under attack. Oh, I don't, Timothy, why would you want to end up in prison? You don't understand. Paul didn't care if he was in prison. Paul didn't care if he was in, in, in one of his co-laborers' house. Paul didn't care what he was doing. It was all about Christ. He was consumed with him. He wanted to impart that to Timothy. We often fear the Lord because we're not consumed by him. Let me put it this way to you. Is church your hobby? If I have time, I'm going to do it. Is Christianity your hobby? Now, I'm going to probably upset a few when I say this. But it's amazing. You can go to work in coronavirus, and, or you can go to work in Walmart, and you're not worried about coronavirus, but you're still worried about church and coronavirus. I'm not telling you what to do with your health. I'm just... Is church your hobby? Is Christianity your hobby? Um, it's, it's sad that sometimes we as Christians, we budget our hobby, and if we have money left over, we give to missions. Well, I can't do, I can't visit, I can't go soul winning, I can't do, I can't, I can't be there because it's my, I have a hobby. I'm not against hobbies. I think you ought to have an outlet. But it should not, church shouldn't be a hobby if I have time. If, if, if the budget's tight, what do you do? You cut out your hobby. Sadly, for some, giving to the, the house of God, the things of God, is their hobby, so that gets cut out. Well, if I, if I, have, if I, if I have to pick up some extra things and I'm going to cut out my hobby... It wasn't a hobby with Paul. It was what he was consumed with. This should be convicting to all of us. This should be a good time for us to recalibrate our priorities, our focus in life, what we're all called to do. Paul wanted Timothy's spirit to be consumed by the Savior. It's a fact. As Christians, we need to be more consumed by the Lord Jesus Christ and less, obsess and less obsessed with ourselves. We often fear the Lord because we are not consumed by Him. Those say we do not love Him the way we should. We love, when we love the Lord Jesus Christ, it is evidenced by our love for others. 
Make no mistake about it. People who do not love their brothers in Christ do not love the Lord Jesus Christ like they should and are not consumed by them, by Him. He is not the center of their lives. I say that because it is no wonder Paul had a love for his companions because he was consumed with the Lord Jesus Christ. We would have a greater love for not just our companions, but a lost world. So that's how you can tell. This is, this is so revealing. This little verse of Scripture is so revealing in the Christian life. I, I have the love of Christ. Really? Christ died for a lost world. What are you willing to do for a lost world? Well, I, 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 I have the, I'm consumed with, well, and I've already mentioned, I'll have to re, re, mention again the, the hobby aspect, and we, we treat those things. Are we really consumed with it? Today, when you got up, were you consumed with, I want to please my Savior? I want to please my God. And by the way, this will help some who always want to try and find those loopholes of how they can be more carnal. Well, the Bible doesn't exactly say, well, how about we just say, what would, how would Christ have us live? Would Christ have those friendships and relationships? And before you answer that, he did say, if you're a friend of the world, you're in enmity with God. Would, would, why, why are we always... And this is for all of us tonight. This will help us. Why are we? Well, I, I want. Well, he didn't say this in the Bible. Why don't we just? Well, let's just be consumed with the Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians six twenty says, "We glorify God in our spirits, for we ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We glorify Him by keeping the Lord Jesus Christ in our spirits. He, he should be consuming." Number three, and finally, Paul's confession was compelling. I want to draw your attention again and take your memory back to where we first discover Paul. He is the religious zealot Saul. He is a man of the law. And that rhymed. That was pretty awesome. Uh, He was a man of the law. And it was by the law, that religious law. But when we find the Apostle Paul in this chapter acknowledging that he knows the time is very soon, he's not a man of the law. He's a man of grace. Verse 22, the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. Don't miss this. This is so simple. It's profound. He's a man of the law. He's lost under the law. And because of the Lord Jesus Christ, he now is a man of grace. And as he puts the emphasis on the Lord Jesus Christ and is with thy spirit and be consumed, he says, grace be with you. This was not just a greeting, like have a safe trip. There's a meaning behind it. How could Paul be in this prison, his life going to be taken from him, because he stood for Christ, how can the man have the spirit that he had? 
we would look at that and say, there's no way I could be that way. Paul couldn't be that way except for grace. How could Paul and those he served with, but Paul's who were our focus is tonight, how could he endure those beatings and then throw it out in the street and get up and go preach again? Grace be with you. Don't miss this. We see someone like the Apostle Paul, and we almost making deity. He was a man just like you and I. But he was a man consumed with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was a man who experienced the continued grace of God. And when he needed the grace of God to pick himself up, after he had been stoned, he had the grace of God. When he needed the grace of God, when his body got weary, he had just enough grace to continue on. How can he sit in a cell knowing he's going to die and not be bitter, not look back at his life and say, well, I wasted my life serving God. I have nothing to my name. I don't even have a coat. I have to ask somebody to bring me a coat. I have nothing. But yet he's saying, I know there's a crown for me until so-and-so greets you and, and, and I'm going to get that crown. How can he do that? It's there. We find it in the last verse. Grace. Listen to the compelling, the compel, the compelling confession of Paul. His was a life of grace. I think of John Newton, the slave trader, who wrote the song that we all know, Amazing Grace. How can somebody who lives a decadent life like Saul, like a man named John Newton, then be converted and changed, a new creature? It's the grace of God. The same way that grace has changed our life as a Christian. Nobody in here deserves forgiveness of their sins. But I know I've got it. How do I have it? By the grace of God. Well, Pastor, how do you know that people can still get saved in 2020? They look at everything that's going on, and it's the grace of God. But it's the same grace... It's through grace that we're able to serve Him. It's by grace we approach the throne and make our petitions known to Him. Only by grace can we live our lives separated unto Him. We need His grace for salvation, but we need it for so much more. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We know he had that thorn in the flesh. And Paul says, I asked God three times. And if there was ever a man that could get a hold of God, certainly the apostle Paul would be that man. And three times God said, no, no, no. It was not because he was punishing Paul. And, and that, some, of you don't, some of you get this. He asked and God said no. Maybe there's somebody in here you've asked. God, would you change this? Would you heal in this situation? And God said no. He's not punishing you because of what you did before you were saved. 
He's not punishing you because you backslide somewhere in your life. Listen to what Paul says. God said, my grace is sufficient. Means you'll have what you need when you need it. Well, I couldn't continue on like Paul. If you had God's grace and you need to continue on, you would. It's enough. Oh, sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, look at what they're going through. And I, I just don't think I could ever do that. If God asked you to, and you put one foot in front of another, you'd have the grace to do it. Don't look around. There's great Christians in the building tonight. There's great Christians in our church. But don't look at them as superhuman. They're just beneficiaries of the grace of God. Well, Pastor, how do you continue on? But for the grace of God. So-and-so, how do you keep? But for the grace of God, it is His grace. Paul is saying it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to be consumed by Him. But Timothy, the grace that God's bestowed upon me be with you. Because if the things are truly going to be as I see them to be, you're going to need the same grace that I've had. Can I say to all of us tonight, we need that same grace that he had. We need the grace of God. Romans 6.14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Romans 11.6, And if by grace then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace, otherwise work is no more work. But he giveth more grace, James 4, 6. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. There's nothing wrong with saying, God, I'm not able. I'm not able. But God never said you had to be able. He said to continue. He said to keep going. Then... Because of a humble spirit saying, God, I can't do that. Guess what's available? Right when you need it. The grace to do it. I think all of us, if not all of us, most of us, most of us have been through things, experienced things in our life. It's like, I just got to make it one day at a time. So I don't think I'm going to get through this. How am I going to get through this? And, and here we sit tonight. How would you get through it? Grace. I mean, there's been situations in my life I look back and say, I don't know how I got How would you get through it? Grace. I don't want you to ever look at your pastor like he's a great Christian. I know what it's like to bury a child. I know what it's like to, to endure, endure heartache. I know what it's like to do all those things. Uh, why, why did I get through it? Not because I'm, 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 I'm a great Christian. It's the grace of God. And that's why you can get through it too. That's how Paul comes to the end of his life. And he's been in prisons, he's been beat, he's got health problems, he's been deserted, he's been falsely accused. Oh, and he's been, did I mention he's been beat? Uh, he's been stoned. He, all, he's going to have his life taken away from him. And he says, oh, Timothy, let me remind you. The Lord Jesus Christ be consumed in the same grace that I've had. The same grace that I've needed, you'll need it as well. Not only will you need it, Timothy, you'll have it. 
1 Corinthians 15, 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Oh, what a verse. I just did everything I can do. And look what the grace of God did. Oh, would you let this speak to you tonight? As we've looked all of these different weeks at these different individuals, some have been great because we can say, I can identify with that. Maybe I can have a part in the ministry. Maybe look at others and said, you know, I could never do, be a Timothy. I could never be a, 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 a whatever in these characters. I could never be them. But can I tell you, by the grace of God, you can be a Christian that God uses, a Christian that doesn't quit, a Christian that just says, I'm just going abu- to labor more abundantly than them all and watch what the grace of God can do and will do in your life. It's the grace of God. Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in, in time of need. Often we use that verse just to identify that it's a title for the throne is the throne of grace. We have time mer- obtain mercy, but notice what Hebrews 4.16 says, and find grace to help in time of need. Every one of us in the past, maybe you're there tonight, you will be in the future, you'll be at a point in your life. You'll have something that you're dealing with that's too big for you. So, Pastor, what do I do? Do I quit? Oh, no, 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 no. You go to the throne of grace and find grace to help in time of need. You'll discover God's not going to give you grace until you need it. You know, there's been a lot of Christians, sadly, and even Paul. Don't get discouraged when somebody you know quits, although it's discouraging. Don't think you're the only one. Don't ever think that we're the only church that's ever had people leave because they don't want to serve God anymore. Paul did. Are we better than Paul? I would say not. But, I, but, but let me just say this about what, the reason why I bring that up is though they faced something hard in their life and they quit on God, they never got to experience the grace of God. How is it that a man, you can almost sense the sweetness in his demeanor. He's ready. He has that new grace when it's time to pass from this side to the other. How is it that you read of the martyrs of the early church and when they were, knew they were going to lose their life, they didn't go kicking and screaming. They laid their life down. I could never do that. They couldn't do it. Well, Pastor, that's not true. They did. Oh, no, no, no. They got the grace of God to help them through that. The same grace the Apostle Paul speaks about is the same grace for you and I. Grace be with you, Paul said to Timothy. Paul had walked his journey with the constant companion of grace. Grace was with him as he endured his thorn in the flesh, and Paul found that grace to be sufficient. Many of you could give testimony as I could give. He says, my grace is sufficient. 
There's no way to know that's true unless you need that grace. And we could say tonight, God's grace is sufficient. St. Timothy, God's grace is sufficient. I mentioned the last one, number three, I just mentioned it. Paul's confession was confirming. Notice the last word, the title of our study tonight, the word amen. Amen has become merely a salutation to most of our prayers. We pray, and at the end of the prayer, we say amen. That's how you know when the pastor is done praying. That's how you know when it's okay to eat. That, that's, that's what it's become. But the meaning of the word amen is so be it. Today, it would be like signing a document affirming that everything you have said is accurate to your knowledge. It was not spoken carelessly, but spoken very carefully. Don't miss this. It's very powerful to me. Paul was completing his ministry with his final word of confirmation. He was consecrating all that he had written with the last signature. Amen. In the context of our verse, the Lord Jesus Christ, be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. So be it. I have a crown waiting for me. So be it. Boy, what a thought. May we live in such a way that our life, when it comes to the end of our life, is but just a simple amen. So be it. I can't think of a greater ending to Paul's, not just speaking of his ministry companions, but that verse, because there's so much that is significant in that chapter in the entire book, it comes to the end. We look at just simple greetings, amen. But may we tonight allow the ending of Paul's life. So be it. May tonight, may we as a child of God say, I'm going to, you know, i got to reprioritize my schedule. Maybe the things of God have become more like a hobby than that which consumes me, that which drives me. May He consume our spirit. Could you imagine what it would be like? And we've got great services. We have a great spirit on Sunday. But could you imagine what it would be like if... Every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church came to church like it's game day. And I'm consumed by it, and I've gotten up early enough to get ready for it, and I, I'm going to be in the spirit, and I want to be consumed with it. And then you know what would happen? Imagine what would happen in our homes if on Monday we were consumed with the Lord Jesus Christ. What would happen as we go out into the workplace and the places of business, and we're not discouraged, Christians. We're consumed. It's not a, that's what I do on Sunday. But it's, I'm consumed with him. But I'll warn you, if you live that way, not everybody's going to like it. This world's not going to like it. Those, the more consumed you get with Christ, the more you're going to become a target of the devil. 
the more the Lord is going to allow things to come into your life to purge you and to grow you. And that's what many Christians are afraid of. But I remind you, God's got it covered. Because he said, grace, how can I carry that burden? Grace, how can I endure that? Grace. Pastor, I don't, I don't know that if it was called upon me to stand as Paul stood and to do what he do, did and those companions who wouldn't leave his side and those companions, I don't know that I can do it. They could not do it except for grace. It's available to you and I. The same grace. We all get to heaven and we talk about things that we experienced in life, assuming we talk about it. I don't know. We're not going to be talking about, well, we didn't have, I didn't have grace. No, we had grace available. And then, so be it. You know what he's saying? I'm in prison. My life's going to end in prison. So be it. It would be good for some Christians to do today. Well, this... I've chosen that I'm going to rear my kids this way. I've chosen this is the life I'm going to live. I've chosen as a church, we've chosen that we're going to be about the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a preacher, I've chosen some things. So be it. So be it. We'll live by the grace of God. We'll be consumed with the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray.